them up, drink them down, whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Sounds like a party, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. You have caught us on episode number 320. And what? Go ahead. Oh, I, I can't believe we've made it this far. Nobody yeah. has stopped no us. No one has yet. stepped in to stop us. And we're what? Mathematically, <clears throat> if you if you do the math, we are That's halfway, halfway to, to 333, yeah. which will be our anniversary show. So we're really excited about that. I did the math. It's okay. <laughs> He's looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. And I was told there would be no math. So I just leave the math up to him <laughs> and I go along with whatever he says. Welcome to the show. It is number 320. And our guest today, uh, we are very excited to have because he returns to the show for second time, although he's now uh, uh, with a different company than it was the first time he was here, but he was a wonderful guest, and we are happy to welcome back from Four Sixes Brewery, Blair Horler. Blair, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's so good to be back with you I guys. Have, I have so much to ask you, and I'm excited about <laughs> tasting your beer, but I do have to stop for a moment and say that, Ian, as of the time we're recording the show, we don't know for sure, but we believe this will be the first syndicated radio broadcast episode of Smoking and Toasting. Going live. We don't know for sure, but if it isn't this one, it'll be the next one or the one after. Like, now I have to watch my language. The contracts are all signed. Right. Now you have to, now you can't say pee-pee poo-poo no more. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you can see it. I do remember that. <laughs> but the, the only thing you have to remember, it, it, there's no one uh, involved in the show who is more hoping that you and I can watch our language than Adam, who is the guy who will have to edit it out before it goes to the uh, before it goes to the uh, radio. So uh, Adam is our producer in the cloud, of course. And uh, Adam, thanks for uh, hanging in there with all this. We believe this will be the first. Uh, we, we need to send him uh, a sample of us show. each saying the word fluffy. Yeah. So that every time we he accidentally do that, he fluffy. can insert that word. <laughs> fluffy or or something fluffy. like rutabaga. You know? right. <laughs> Just, no. Well, uh, we are excited about having Blair Horler on the program because, Blair, if this is our first uh, syndicated uh, show, what a better way to start than with a beer and a brewery that has a connection to the single hottest program on television Right now, and I don't mean that you advertise in it. Uh, Four Sixes Brewery uh, is, and, and I'll let you fill in the details, but at least affiliated with Four Sixes Ranch in uh, North Texas, which is also now, I believe, if I have my facts correct, owned by and featured in uh, the uh, owner of uh, the or the showrunner, the creator of Yellowstone and all of its various spinoff series. And in fact, there's going to be a four sixes spinoff series that I believe it's later this year. And all of this is done by Taylor Sheridan, who's the mastermind behind the whole Yellowstone universe, only the hottest show on television in like two decades. So uh, that's a big deal because there's there's so many options now when you sit down and Think what you're going to view tonight, right? What, what am I going to watch? If I'm going to watch television, there's so many different options. So to be the size of a hit that Yellowstone has been in that environment is just, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's mind-boggling. So, uh, so I'm going to let you connect the dots for us later 
about how much involvement there actually is between the brewery and it's not his homework. Yeah, I mean, and, really and the is. show. Uh, well, <laughs> it's pretty easy to do the the homework when you appreciate the show. And and you know, Yellowstone is. I mean, I I'm not really that big a fan of westerns, but I can't miss an episode of Yellowstone. It's that good. Oh, I had, so, I, I haven't watched a single one. Yeah, you, you're going to have to get on that train, buddy. That's <laughs> but the, you know, it, so, there's not uh, there. I, I know you don't watch a lot of television, so I'm not going to recommend musts to you very often. Yellowstone is a must. Well, With yeah. all the free time that Cruz says that you have, it's <laughs> disturbing that you I haven't started watching and it. Do nothing. <laughs> exactly. um, you know, it's it's not even that totally. I just, I, I don't I don't let a lot of uh, series get on my radar until they're done. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I'll watch it now. Yeah, and that's actually a really smart way to do things because then you can binge the whole series yes. and, and not have to worry about waiting for anything to come out. But um, anyway, it, it's uh, Yellowstone is is worth the price of admission, so to speak. So I would I would recommend it. So we'll find out how 4-6 is, fits into all of that. We were out live a couple of weeks ago or on location mm-hmm. uh, uh, over at the uh, – uh, Shady Acres, the Shady Acres yeah, yeah. Saloon. Thank you in uh, in uh, the Heights in Houston. Blair just happened to be there, brought us over one of his uh, beers from Four Sixes. That was awesome, and it was quite delicious. But it was really, really good to see you again. The last time you were here, which was very early in the show, I believe, uh, you were uh, working with Austin Eastsiders and uh, you introduced us to their wonderful products. And uh, and so now you've uh, you've landed at this uh, at this place, which, if I understand correctly. I don't know how new the brewery is, but I know your distribution has opened up because um, we're seeing it. We've been a seeing a lot yeah, yeah. of the places that we buy beer here in the greater Houston area. So uh, so we'll have plenty of questions to ask you about all of that, I promise. He was saying, uh, we were talking before the show, and, and Blair said, oh, it's like two hours? He goes, I, I, you want me on for two hours? I, what am I going to talk about? I'm like, oh, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We got this. You got beer. You got beer. We could talk for hours and hours. <laughs> this is... This Wait, is, your beer ran out? Oh, it's time to shut yeah. the show okay, down. Okay, thanks for being here, Blair. Have a great week. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, no, we're really excited and already uh, predisposed to like the brand because of the Yellowstone connection, but also because we've had some of it, and it's really quite good. So uh, excited about all, all of that. It's been an interesting week, kind of a crazy week for me. Uh, Ian, what about you? Did you have a chance to sit down and smoke something I interesting? Did. I did. My, I had my normal uh, stop by uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, hanging out with Tony and the guys over there. Um, Tony being one of the guys in the um, in the lounge that's always there. And oh always yeah, yeah, has a lot to say. Tony's always around. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Anyway, I was uh, I was in there chatting with him while I was uh, uh, doing this. We were talking about music and Santana albums and all kinds of stuff. That was really nice. So uh, the uh, so I walked in today and I picked up and I just uh, I don't think I think this has been out for a while. I don't know a whole lot about it because uh, I didn't have time to look it up in between our conversation and everything else. Mm-hmm. But this is the H Upman eighteen forty four. Oh, and Yeho. Oh, dude. Uh, it's a Robusto 5x50 Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, and filler uh, from Honduras, uh, Nicaragua, and Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. The appearance on this espresso brown wrapper, uh, golden brown <clears throat> band on it, very classic H. Upman band, you know. Mm-hmm. They're a very classy looking band, and they just kind of do the, the same theme in different colors and different things on it to let yep. you know what cigar it is. It's nice looking. Um, leathery feel, uh, veiny, uh, veiny wrapper oily a little bit firm overall felt like a very well constructed uh, cigar the pre-light sniff on this i got gentle tobacco notes some savory spices and some barnyard notes uh right off the nose the pre-light draw i got i used a punch i had a medium draw on this uh earth and leather and sweet chocolate coming through on the pre-light draw just like to say i love when tobacco is uh what did you say 
Uh, gentle. Gentle. Yes, I love when tobacco gentle is gentle. Tobacco. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Very descriptive, <laughs> sir. The adjectives. Um, <laughs> anything else that's gentle that you know? Uh, anything else that might maybe gentle out there? No, no, not on this. No. <laughs> <laughs> on this. Dave's been rough. <laughs> Just the tobacco. The, uh, the, the first third tobacco. of this, uh, I'm sorry, the initial light in the cigar, I've got a lot of earth and toast, so a little spicy and peppery uh, leather and chocolate all on the uh, initial light. The first third of this toast and leather up front, followed by earth, savory spices, and pepper. A kiss of sweetness and nuttiness in the background and a slight, slightly sweet coffee aftertaste going on. Very pleasant overall. Uh, the retrohale is peppery and savory. Solid ash, good burn. The second third of this, I got kind of this meaty bouillon kind of uh, flavor going on with mm. the toast, uh, leather, and earth, uh, all taking turns while sweeter notes of chocolate, coffee, and nuts round out the palate. The retro hill was sweet and spicy. Uh, solid ash, good burn. The last third of this, flavors remain consistent with the addition of a little bit of like a fresh baked bread to it. This is this is kind of like a one pot kind of meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> thing going I like on it. here. I like it. It's really nice. It's a great cigar. Uh, Retro Hills, peppery and savory. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid ash, good burn. This cigar cost me seven dollars ninety five cents. Solid five from H Upman. Nice. Get exactly what you're paying for there. Good cigar. Definitely be picking up some more of those in the future. Love it. Love it. Uh, I smoked a shorter one uh, this week as well. Yours was a Robusto, right? Yeah, yeah. It was five uh, by fifty. I uh, I chose to smoke the E.P. Carrillo Allegiance Sidekick. Ah, nice. And uh, the Allegiance line is the latest to be added to E.P. Carrillo's offerings, which already include the spectacular La Historia and Pledge uh, lines. So after producing two champions, where do you go next? Uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo picked up the phone and called Gilberto Oliva to talk to him about teaming up on the next big EPC release. And the result is the Allegiance, uh, which comes in four sizes that are named after people who've got your back or or words you use for people who've got your back. There's the sidekick, which is the Robusto that I had, the wingman, the confidant, and the chaperone. I smoked the uh, Sidekick, which, as I mentioned, is the smallest size. It's a 5 by 50 cigar, and it's beautifully presented. Nice green-colored banding, which you can see here, a green ribbon at the foot. I took that green ribbon off and checked the pre-light, which offered a light floral note and just a hint of hay. Uh, once I used my punch and checked the cold draw, I got a bit more, a nice big earthiness and a little touch of pepper. I lit the cigar and took the first puffs, which offered up what I might call a Nicaraguan pepper bump. Not big enough to be a blast, but bigger than a breeze or whatever that word was we so, were using last week. So here's the a deal. Waft. I just pulled up while you were talking about this. I just pulled up. I I, uh, I reviewed the wingman. Okay. And it says on the uh, on the uh, pre uh, or on the initial light, Nicaraguan pepper breeze. Oh, okay. So very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one, I, I called it a bump, uh, but it's bigger than a, a breeze maybe or whatever we're calling it, but definitely not I, I'm, I'm a sure, blast. I'm sure Blair is looking a little confused here. So a lot of times with Nicaraguan cigars, you get this this peppery blast when you like first, when you first light, light it. it. You're not big pepper. Yeah, big pepper. So we call it, we call it the Nicaraguan pepper blast. There's a song about it uh, somewhere. But um in the future. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> so it's become kind of a joke the Nicaraguan pepper blast. This one did not have that. It had the pepper breeze. Yeah, or the pepper bump yeah, as, pepper uh, bump. as you might say. <laughs> uh, by the way, Allegiance lines uh, all use uh, uh, or they rather use all Nicaraguan tobacco for the binder and filler and then they wrap it in a very impressive looking uh, looking 
Ecuadorian Sumatra rapper. Uh, the sidekick settled down very quickly. I could tell right away that I was going to love this cigar. You ever get that, Ian, when you've just lit up and you, you kind of does its initial light thing and then it settles down and you take those next couple of puffs mm -hmm. and you go, I'm going to love this mm -hmm. cigar. And that was what happened uh, to me. Big, bold flavor notes of earth, tangy fruit, and black pepper uh, jumped right out and said hello to my palate. Uh, there was also a hint of creaminess, too, which might have just been my imagination because I was enjoying the flavor blend so much. By the second third, the pepper became more dominant, but the earth note and an emerging hint of coffee uh, played very well be be beneath it. And in the final third, I was able to identify and add cinnamon to that uh, flavor profile. Uh, that sense of creaminess, whether real or imagined, stayed with me throughout the whole thing. Construction wasn't great, but it was reasonable. So let me explain what I mean. I really don't mind having to touch up a cigar once or twice during a smoke. If, and only if, I don't have to tend it the whole time, and most importantly, if there's not a harshness penalty that you have to pay from uh, having to hit it with the flame again. Mm. Uh, on the Elysian sidekick, there was no penalty. I hit it once at about the halfway mark to straighten the burnout, and it smoked perfectly after that. Uh, I will mention that the ash was a bit flaky, and it fell right on me like my name was Ian Barry uh, before I could even get a good picture of it early on. Uh, still, though, I continue to really enjoy the Allegiance because of the very impressive combination of flavors. Ultimately, it was going to be about price with this one. Uh, the Allegiance is a sidekick. The small one is a $12 cigar. It is not that big. My total smoking time was just about an hour. But that said, it was a glorious hour. It really was. I loved this cigar. And with its parents being E.P. Carrillo and Oliva, it had quite a pedigree to live up to. And it did. I recommend the E.P. Carrillo Allegiance sidekick highly. Price to quality. I'm going to give it a 5.5. Honestly, I wouldn't have been upset if it had even been a dollar or two more. So... Yeah, go for it. So it, it's, it's funny you say that because I had the wingman, which was six and seven eighths by fifty four. Right. Um, it was thirteen dollars. Yeah, I gave it a five point five. Oh, that's so interesting because I don't. <laughs> I did not remember that. I promise you. Uh, in fact, I don't remember most of what you I, say I don't listen to what you so. say on the show. <laughs> so that's kind of the way that kind of the way that we keep things in balance. I do, I do put it on the show sometimes in the background just to create the mood. But yeah, I never listen to your part. You talk about if you're trying to create a romance. <laughs> yeah, mood. yeah, yeah. Because my voice has that uh, <laughs> that quality to it, apparently, or so I've been told. Uh, so it's Yellowstone time with Four Sixes Brewery. We're very excited about that. Also to come on the show today, I haven't mentioned this yet, but we will be tasting for, I believe, the first time ever on Smoking and Toasting, we'll be tasting and talking about a Japanese sake. Yeah, we've never done we that. We have never done, of all the things, I and mean, we've taken plenty of you know, like detours, we do the wine show, we've done uh, uh, different liqueurs, we've done all kinds of different things, but we, uh, we primarily center on whiskey, tequila, and rum, because that's where there seems to be the biggest explosion in the spirit world. But, um, yeah, there's all kinds of things. I'm, I'm thinking back, out. and I can probably <clears throat> count the amount of times I've even had sake on mm -hmm. like six fingers. Well, I'm uh, I'm hoping that the one that I have here today is a good one. So I'm very very excited about bringing that one out and having us try it. It was not an El Cheapo. There are some cheaper sakes, but uh, 
This one I went ahead and invested a little in it, so we'll see. And sake's made primarily from rice, correct? Yes. Yeah, so you that's, suppose it's going to have, a, have kind of a uh, Bud Light aftertaste to it? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad hoping, you said that. I'm hoping not because it was $36, okay, for the bottle. And, and you know, sake's that's, not one of those things. Not a, can... That was not a dig against sake. That <laughs> yeah, was, no, no. That was, it was a dig not. against macro brew in general. <laughs> it's Kinbara's Bride of the Fox Japanese su- uh, su- uh, sake, and I'm guessing it will not have a Bud Light aftertaste. But if it does, <laughs> we'll be honest and tell you <laughs> that you in know. fact it uh, it does. <laughs> we'll also be trying, of course, uh, beers from the Four Sixes uh, Brewery with our special guest Blair Horler, and we want to very quickly say thank you to last week's special guest, Abby Heim with with uh, Pink Boots and Jill Root uh, from St. Arnold Brewing. Uh, they were that so much fun. Blast, uh, yes. It was it was a really a fun show. So you got you got big shoes to fill this week, Blair. I hope you don't mind. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> also on the program, we'll tell you about some cigars to watch for. Uh, the J.C. Newman Cigar Company is. Giving giving a new home to thousands of bats. We'll tell you about that story. And, of course, it wouldn't be uh, smoking and toasting uh, without an opportunity to do drinking news. And we'll have that again today. Our drinking news teaser headline is... What not to do on a gondola. You've been on a gondola, right? I have been on a gondola. That's just a great word. Gondola. I'm excited to be able to say, to say that word yes. on uh, on uh, drinking news. Of course, I've, uh, I've been on a gondola in San Antonio. Yeah, and in Las Vegas. Okay, those are two good places to ride a gondola. Yeah. Never in Italy, but yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I will mention uh, because we may have new, new listeners this week. This being our first uh, uh, syndicated show, that drinking news is a segment we do later on the program. Uh, it has become inexplicably. The most popular feature on Smoking Just the most popular segment we do. Uh, and it is where we feature songs that are sometimes, but not always, but not songs, I'm sorry, stories. stories, that are sometimes, but not always, about drinking, but that are always best to be listened to if you have been drinking. And sometimes it's both. So yes. we'll, we'll, we'll Unless you listen to, to this while you're driving, and then don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and by the way, I'll just mention, drinking news often really good for doing that setting the mood thing that Ian was talking about uh, earlier <laughs> in, in the break. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, it is Beer 30 with Four Sixes Ranch. We're going to get inside the uh, the first bit of tasting and uh, find out what's been going on with Blair Horler, one of our favorite guests of all time. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back into Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 320. It is Yellowstone time with Four Sixes Brewery. And you heard Ian cracking that first one open. That was nice and uh, nice and crisp. I don't know how many other shows like this that you've been on, Blair, but uh, we are very proud of our uh, <clears throat> Almost zero dollar sound effect budget here at uh, Smoking and Toasting. I wouldn't say. I mean, we 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 go we go no we spare no expense on the uh, sound effects because every time you hear a beer open, it's because we're opening a beer. I thought it was because an angel gets its wings. A beer has to be sacrificed for every sound effect we make. Uh, well, and and that's that's a sacrifice we're willing to we're willing to you know be okay with. I think. Um, so coming on today's show, by the way, we told you we'd have uh, info about uh, some cigars for you to watch for. And um, we're also going to, if we have time, we'll get into this. 12 expensive whiskeys that are worth the splurge. So we'll see if you agree or, or if you've even had a chance to. 12, 12 expensive, expensive whiskeys that uh, the writers of this article say are worth the money, are worth the splurge. Because that's one of the things we always like to, to talk about here is like, uh, you know, it's not necessarily about being cheap, but it's like, uh, if we're going to spend that money, is it worth it? Are we really getting 
our money's worth if we buy, you know, one of the ultra super premium brands and, and shell out a lot of money for it. And in a lot of cases, yes, but maybe not every case. Some of them may just be overpriced. That's, so that's why we do price to quality. That's exactly right. Instead that's of exactly just right. a straight up review with points. All right. So Blair Horler with uh, with Four Sixes Brewery, uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, to tell us about how you got involved with Four Sixes. But first, uh, tell us about this beer that Ian has, has just poured. This is uh, this is the lager. Is that right? No, it's our pilsner. Yeah, oh, it's the pilsner. Okay. So it is the, the of the three that we have. It's it's definitely the the lighter version mm-hmm. or the lighter style. Um, it's made with SARS hops out of. It's more of a Czech Republic style pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're leaning. Oh, in you're on right. The, I certainly get that on the first. Yeah. Uh, first taste. It's it's not as much like that American pilsner uh, taste as it is that more German or Czech uh, uh, sort of taste. Very malt forward. Yeah, and and we think um, you know it's it's almost your your golf weather, uh, easy drinking. Uh, Pilsner, um, wonderfully balanced, very crisp and refreshing, mm-hmm. uh, as I'm sure you are getting that right now. I love the beautiful funky hops right up at the front of this. Um, mm-hmm. And I say funky in the best, like funky like George Clinton, you know what I mean? Like funky yeah, in the like best Like really good way. funky, yeah. Um, and because uh, it, it's not your normal round, uh, almost chocolatey tasting kind of hops that you get. It's got a... a Got a bit of a different flavor, different profile to it, but it's very good. It's very German tasting. It, it, it really is, yeah. And that's what we were going for. Something that you know, you know. Obviously, you know, we spoke a little about your sake and and the beer maybe that you associated closely. That's that references <laughs> rice, and you know, the pilsner. Um, you know, I think over the years has become almost a bland kind of category, and and it's seemingly making a resurgence. It has been, um, definitely. I love it. It It's it's a little harder to make a lighter beer with good flavor, though, I Mm -hmm. think, right? It is. It is. uh, Well, and isn't the process for a Pilsner a lot more complicated and and uh, time-consuming than for an ale, right? Exactly. So, you know, we're Mm. thrilled with how how it's, in fact, all of these, we're, we're really proud of the beer that we have, and and uh, you know, as I said, the pilsner is is certainly got a, a wonderful taste, and is and um, you know certainly breathes a bit more life. We get that category. I, it just makes me wish that back when I first started drinking beer, that beers like this had been around instead of the options being, you know, Bud Light, and Miller Light, and, and you know, because this uh, this is just so much more enjoyable, has so much more flavor. The hops that you talked about up front. I think it's a little bit malt, malt forward. Uh, it definitely has that crispness that a, uh, a German or uh, a Belgian uh, a Pilsner would have. It's it's definitely definitely in that family. It, it but also, it's so light and drinkable. It right. also finishes with a slight sweetness mm-hmm. uh, and that hot bitter kind of crossing paths with each other right at the end of the palate. It's really interesting and leaves just a lingering sweetness, which I think is really, really pleasant. I, I, I would really agree on the lingering sweetness. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, Blair, while Ian refills mine, <laughs> uh, let me ask you, how how did you come to be involved with Four Sixes? How, how did this how did this come about? Yeah, honestly, got really lucky, Cruz. I um, I was uh, referred by, by a a colleague in Dallas, uh, because Four Sixes needed somebody for for on premise, uh, and in particular national accounts. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I had done that in the past and in, in my past lives, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the industry, and and uh, you know, interviewed for the for the role and uh, managed to convince them to hire some idiot from New Zealand. And, um, <laughs> I was going to say, and- <laughs> it's so I don't know if you could get more sort of like Texasy. <laughs> 
than four sixes in a brand. You know what I mean? Like because it's it's the it's the name of a ranch. It's like it's as authentic like boots in the dirt Texas as you could get. So makes total sense to hire the Kiwi. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, jeans and cowboy boots are as uh, are the traditional. Uh, you know, uniform that I wear, and I'm getting close to getting a belt buckle and a hat. Oh, so I'm, I'm almost I wanna, finished. I want to see that. I'm almost. I want to see that. Uh, <laughs> I have a big belt buckle. It's big and shiny and very ostentatious, but I don't wear it because I don't usually wear a belt. So <laughs> <laughs> makes it kind of hard to wear the buckle. You know what I'm saying? I have I have a few belt buckles. I have a big Texas one. I have an mm. Iron Maiden one that's actually mm. nice, oddly yeah. large. It's pretty nice. I bet that is cool. That is fun. We it's should fun. do a belt I also buckle. have boots. I also have a few hats. Yeah. I have a hat. I don't have boots. Yeah. I can uh, rock them. Now is it still the road is the rodeo still going on? I know it was uh, I think it just wrapped up. It just, just wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, okay. Just, uh, just we we up. spent some nights there a couple of weeks ago as well. It was oh. enjoyable. Oh man, yeah, we did. Uh, we played. Uh, my band played the cook-off. Uh, oh yes, yes. You we guys played were... a few nights in the tent in one mm-hmm. of the tents in the cook-off and had a and you great wear your, party. You wear your boots for that, I was. So. Well, I did the first night, which was kind of a mistake because there's so much walking from the back of the lot to where I <laughs> yeah. needed to go. So after that, I, I looked pretty country with my hat on, but I had <laughs> way more comfortable shoes. Uh, so Blair, what uh, you, last time we had you on the show, you were with uh, Austin East Ciders. Right. Still enjoy their uh, cider on a regular basis. Uh, what did you do? Were you did you go directly from one to the other? Were were you with anyone else in between? No, I um I, I finished up at East Ciders and actually had an opportunity to start a bar and restaurant in vegas uh, with a business partner of mine and and um uh you know he's a he's a chef and so he kind of took care of the uh the restaurant side and mm-hmm. i helped out with the with the bar side uh since since then we we sold it about six or eight months ago what was uh, the name of the what was the name of the it was called sip and save a kitchen Sip and Saver Kitchen. Yeah, it, no, we really know it was off the strip. Uh, yeah, you know, still, still, but it was, that's where all the vines are in Vegas. Yeah, so off the yeah, strip. We, we thought it was a little gem, and uh, and he's a wonderful chef, and it was it was kind of a New Zealand, Australian, English kind of expat themed with with you know fish and chips and pies and mm-hmm. meat pies that is and, yeah, and that kind yeah. of stuff and and of Fun. course good beer and we we tried to find some some beer that had New Zealand hops, which is becoming almost a yeah. category in its own these yes, days. Yes, it is. So, That's uh, right. Um, uh, by the way, uh, just a little Vegas tidbit, the very best Thai restaurant in the world is in Las Vegas. It's in a rundown strip center. It's nowhere close to the actual Las strip. Vegas strip, and it's called Lotus of Siam. If you can get a table there and you're going to Vegas, it is absolutely worth getting in a, a cab and you know riding through the somewhat seedy uh, neighborhood <laughs> that it finds itself in. That is some of the best food I've ever eaten in my Love life. Love that. Uh, Lotus of Siam. So check that out and check out uh, yeah. you guys' place as well, or your former place, yeah, right? Yeah, the former, yeah, it's, yeah. it's now done. So, but I, I agree with you. Off the strip, there's there's so many good restaurants and yeah, people absolutely. don't really get to experience yeah. it. But absolutely. We enjoyed the, we enjoyed doing it, and it was, um, it was certainly a learning experience. And for me, you know, having sold it from, you know, sold beer for so long or cider or whatever – it was nice to be on the other side of the fence and hearing hearing the pitch from other mm-hmm. sales reps mm-hmm. and evaluating for myself. Kind of the, let you step yeah. up your game, I bet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. It was yeah. uh, it was enjoyable to listen to their pitch and see what you know guys that had it and and people that were perhaps uh, stretching to be in in sales. But uh, love it. It was Love good it. Fun. it was yeah. good fun. Yeah, fun. So uh, so now you're with uh, Four Sixes. First of all, um, 
Am I exaggerating about there being a connection between the brewery and the uh, ranch? Is it is it a you know kind of in name only thing? No, it's you know, honestly you hit it almost on the head with what you, the nail on the head with what you were saying before about you know obviously the ties with with, with Taylor Sheridan and, and Yellowstone and and then of course you know the Four Sixes Ranch we, we're all under the same umbrella almost. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we're a different entity to the ranch. We do a lot of things with sure, them, course, collaborations yeah. and such. Uh, you know, with social media and 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 things like that, and and even sweepstakes that we've had going uh, and coming. Um, but really, we operate you know on our own and and uh, answer to our own people and um, and it's 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 been a blast. It's, it hasn't been easy. It's been nine months since we launched. Yeah, and um, but it's been it's doing pretty good for nine months. Though. Yeah, we're, 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 we're never everywhere. satisfied. We're like you guys. Yeah. We're never satisfied. <laughs> you know, we're we're always trying to raise our game. Yeah, well, nice. um, uh, <laughs> now my wife will kill me if I don't ask. Have you had a chance to meet Rip? Uh, no, I haven't. I've only seen him from actually. No, it was a friend of mine that saw him from a distance. I haven't even seen him. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but I, have, I do get answered asked that question a lot, and we do have replicas of a lot of the characters. Rip and one night I actually, can tell you the that brewery, Rip, yeah. was, Rip was stolen one night from <laughs> from one of the. I am not. He surprised. was returned, but I'm not am, sure if we really wanted him back because he spent am, the night away. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I am not surprised. Don't know where he's been. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. But we, kind we, of funny. we were grateful to yeah. get him back. But um, no, we do use a lot of. The characters for for some of the occasions that, that we that sounds like it could be a drinking news story doesn't it that sounds like it could totally be a where drinking is rip news story. stolen a stolen rip yeah uh so as a brewery how long has four sixes existed nine yeah. months yeah about nine months yeah and Crazy. so you guys have already got a nice core line together we do. Um, you know, there was a lot that went into it prior to, to launch, obviously. Mm-hmm. I thought it was difficult launching a beer brand, and, and that's kind of a common phrase around the company is how difficult it is to launch. But then when you do launch, you know, it's not easy. And, um, you know, a lot of lot of mistakes we've made, and, and you know, that's just goes with it. But we, we feel like we're getting a, a grip on it, and we're getting better and better every day. And and certainly we've got a lot of people who have, who have a lot of high aspirations. And, um, you know, ultimately it comes down to quality of the – of the beer and, right it's and, really um, all about what's in the cans yeah. yeah yeah and the data that we've seen and and got on a short term as we've been alive um has been really encouraging so where is the brewery actually located so we contract brew right now okay um, we, you know we've got several uh, contractors that that do it for us um one out of fort worth coming soon is, is raw brewing oh yeah you those guys, yeah. Those guys yeah. are great yeah, yeah. So we're very good. We're very big in the stockyards. That that has almost become our home away from home. Is the Fort Worth stockyard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor has a little bit of property there, and and he's going to be building a, a brew pub there as well. For okay, I was going to ask where will the yeah. brew pub go? Yeah, and so and that's that makes gonna sense. Be a, yeah. yeah. So that's. I mean, there's a lot of things in the in the works that are really exciting, um, and uh, you know we're going to be fully national within a month, which is insane well um, at least you don't have to worry wow. about at least you don't have to worry yeah. about him you know running out of money he's only like <laughs> the creator of like the six or seven you know top shows out there this day these days i mean between so there's yellowstone and then there's been a number of spinoffs there's been uh um, i'm gonna get the year years wrong 1883 and then 1943? 23. I, 23. Okay, I get the years wrong. Uh, both of which were spectacular. 1943 is with uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. It's like an amazing show. And then there's the Four Sixes spinoff that's coming uh, later this year about the goings-on at the Four Sixes Ranch. And then as if that wasn't enough, 
He's like also doing one of my like favorite shows of the last couple of years, which is Tulsa King right. uh, with Sylvester Stallone, which is brilliant. Uh, and then he does, and I haven't watched Mayor of Kingstown yet, but that's Taylor Sheridan as well. I've heard it's yeah. great. So, uh, so yeah, so not like he's going to run out of money anytime soon because it feels like everything he is touching in the in the just television world is just turning into gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I'm guessing he can open up brew pubs all over the place, and he probably will. <laughs> You know? Yeah, supremely successful guy, obviously, and um, not, not to mention a Hall of Fame cowboy as well. So he's, yeah. he stars in the show. And right. So what a lot of people don't know is that he, even though he like was the showrunner of the show and the writer of the show and creator of it and all that, he is actually in Yellowstone in a number of, of episodes. So did he take just some easy cameo? No. He's like the horse riding expert that comes out and shows all the cowboys on the ranch and stuff there. How to really ride Captain. like for competition yeah. uh, riding and stuff, and he's doing this crazy stuff where he stops the horse on a dime. It's it's amazing. Like he's clearly very talented as a horseman, no right. question. Yeah, he yeah. owns a ranch just outside of Fort Worth called the Bosky Ranch, and you may mm -hmm. even see it on the show. You'll see BR or right, Bosky right, Ranch right. Productions. And and I went out there. I was fortunate one day to have have a look. Actually, my mother was visiting from New Zealand. She'd never seen anything like it. But <laughs> there was a horse show going on, and the amount of people for a start and secondly just the ability of these guys you know on the horse to to you know separate cattle or, right. or whatever yeah. it is do and whatever it is said, ranchers you know, go 100 do. miles yeah. an hour and stop on a dime it's it's really quite impressive yeah it really is and and uh, all the shows are impressive but you know what else is impressive is this beer this is actually quite it's, good it's this good. is not one of those things where it's just got a famous name attached to it this is actually the real deal and uh, and that's what i was that's what i was hoping the first time I had a four sixes to, beer. You don't have to put catchphrases on there like it's easy to drink. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, none of that's needed. Yeah, no, yeah. we're thrilled with how, yeah. as I said, you know, and it was a big fuel kind of moment for us. Was yes, the beer is actually really good, and we know we're somewhat of a celebrity beer, if yeah. you will, because we got the show and, but and the notoriety of, that comes with that. Hundred percent. But it's not Conor McGregor. I mean, there's there's good, good stuff in here. You know good. what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I've uh, noticed you finished it now, so yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> there's more where that came from. Don't Listen, worry. Listen, we probably should have offered you something. Yeah, no, it's okay. I've had it before. We're the kind of show that we're the kind of show that believes in being very thorough with our research uh, when when possible. So yeah, uh, there's plenty more. So yeah. So very excited. Well, this. This is this is really good stuff, and I have to tell you that this is uh, really exciting for me to see you guys be able to grab the market as quickly as you have. Because you know we know obviously and are friendly with so many different uh, younger craft breweries, and they you know they all struggle a little bit to kind of break into you know the position of getting shelf space. That yeah. particularly, I mean. A great place like Specs was going to add whatever they think their customers are going to be interested mm -hmm. in, uh, but uh, but that doesn't mean you you might get the premier you know spots. The grocery stores, on the other hand, they only want to know is it going to sell, right? You know, is it going to sell? They're not necessarily interested in variety for variety's sake. They need to move. They've got only so much space. They need to move stuff. So to see you guys uh, become available in HEBs and places like that, that's right. amazing. Yeah, yeah. in this short of a time, you know. Well, we feel really fortunate. You know, people have embraced the brand. And uh, as you said, really, really quickly, not not only because of the, the show, but again, because of the liquid. And, and right. you know, we're, we feel we're always going to get that initial response because there are so many followers um, of the show. 
uh, that people are willing to try it. And but yeah. again, but uh, but maybe there's do. even more pressure for it to be good, so it lives up. We think you know? so. Yeah. We think All so. Right. And we're thrilled. This with is it. smoking and toasting. We are uh, in the studio this week for show number three hundred and twenty with our special guest Blair Horler from Four Sixes Brewery. The Pilsner is good. Let's see what's next. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits. Oh, that was in stereo, that guys. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. A couple of craft beers being uh, cracked open right there. This is from Four Sixes Brewery. And uh, so, uh, Blair, uh, you you guys don't have a tap room open yet. So the, no. So what you're producing is only what you're sending out in, in cans at this point, correct? Uh, because because you're not you're not doing other styles of beer for tap room only because you don't have a tap room open yet. We don't have a tap room open, but we we do we do keg it. So we uh we, oh, do, okay. we do have okay. many you know many draft options as well. Okay, cool, um, cool. You you pointed. Did, did, yeah, I've got yeah, one. Got yes, one I do. I do. I thought when he said keg it, you were pointing to me like it was. Some memory from the past of of us in a keg or oh. something. <laughs> so, how did you guys arrive on these? Uh, you've got three. You've got a, a lager. Um, you've got the amber. You've got the um, pilsner, and you've got what an IPA, correct? Yeah, we do the hazy IPA. I mean, I know yeah. I know why you obviously landed on the IPA because that is the most popular beer style. But, uh, and also did, because they wanted to make me happy. Yeah, that was it. It was really, it came down to you, Cruz. Uh, you <laughs> talk to him about a Texas-style barley wine. <laughs> a Texas-style barley wine. I'd be very happy idea. about yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but this one is the Amber. And mm. I think this was the first of your beers that I had the opportunity to, to I think we to had this taste. on the show. I think we had it on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what you guys think. It's it's been embraced a little bit more in the on-premise more just for uh and listen how i try to sell our three beers to an on-premise buyer is really you know a is there a is there a category or style that you're selling a ton of like the pilsner or the ipa traditionally mm-hmm. would be one of those two and you need you need an additional or is there something that we can perhaps fill a void and really that's why you know we've, we're in a lot of places with 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 all three and uh, for whatever reason, those that have chosen one mainly have gone for the amber, probably about sixty percent of the time. So, um, I, and across the board, all three sell the same, which is really, you know, encouraging That's as well. Interesting. So they're really, all kind of neck and neck. It's in 34, terms of- 34 and thirty-two percent across crazy. the board, which Holy is nuts. Cow. Yeah. I will tell you right because now because usually most uh, most breweries have a style right, that is their the lead, absolute yeah. leader, right? I will tell you right now, I love this. Right. This is delicious. You know what um, I was going to say about it is it's so wonderfully cold. <laughs> I love how cold Houston this ice. beer is, and still, <laughs> because you know you you are more of a room temperature guy than I am. I like my beer as cold as I can well, I, I possibly like, get. Don't it. get me but wrong. I also I like, know I like when the flavor cuts through when it's cold. I like and that's cold. What this does. I like cold right. beer, but I think that a good beer. Will yeah. stand up even when it gets a bit warm. Right. I will agree with and that. And a bad beer will not. I will agree with that. And I will that's, also I mean, that's say just all there is from to your it. lips to God's ears. But sure. none of you know, that. Have you ever had a warm Miller Genuine Draft? Oh my goodness. Oh it's, my gosh. It's, it's the worst thing. It's horrific. It's horrific. Like, have you ever had a warm, like, uh, a warm Coors? Diet Coke or, yeah. or like a Diet Dr. Pepper? It's horrible uh, warm. It's uh, Diet Dr. Pepper, ice cold, is the elixir of the gods. Warm, 
it is like <laughs> uh, now but you're right uh, a better beer will stand up better when it's not ice cold that said i love my beer cold i do the whole thing i have my little beer fridge where i set the temperature colder than what we do in the regular fridge not quite freezing but about as cold as i can get without freezing really? and then then i pour it into a frozen glass <laughs> I have a whole side of the the freezer in the main refrigerator where I have gla beer glasses, wine glasses, uh, frozen, and I, and I love my beer as cold as possible. I now I, I, don't, I don't know if you know you've seen the uh, pint glass koozies that people make, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that, you put it in that frozen glass with a pint glass koozie, you've got. Yeah. The trifecta going on. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a pretty good idea. I need to uh, maybe invest in some <laughs> yeah. of those. Here's a good idea for you guys. Instead of doing the can koozie, do the pint glass koozie. Right. Okay. Well, keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a delicious beer. Uh, it really is. Now, I, I don't remember what we said about it when we tried it before, so I have no idea if I'm being consistent or not, but the way this is hitting me today, it's cold, it's flavor forward, it's a wonderful amber. I like it a lot. It has it has kind of a brightness to the flavor mm -hmm. that almost reminds me a little bit like like edging towards kind of a red ale kind of right. uh, yep. profile mm -hmm. uh, and yep. and uh, no so no wonder you like it that's that yeah. that totally explains it then yeah. all right we uh, have to take a break we will be right back still to come drinking news we'll also talk about uh, um, twelve expensive whiskeys that are worth the splurge and we have more to try including sake and more beer from four sixes we'll be right back and smoking a toast. Ah, uh, welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I love those things. Yes. Uh, show number 320 <laughs> today, Yellowstone Time with Four Sixes Brewery. But we're also going to do a little uh, a thing that we actually, I don't think I've ever done before on this show, which is do a sake tasting. Uh, so we have a Japanese sake we'll be getting to here on this segment uh, that is called... It's from Ken Barra, and it's called Bride of the Fox. I don't know what any of that means. Like, I don't know. In fact, I honestly don't know that much about sake. I don't know whether it's, uh, you know, whether these kind of names are commonplace. Underneath like Bride it, of it the says Fox. Jumani Jinjo. Yeah, which uh, I, think, Ginjo. I think that means uh, some kind of a board game and Robin Williams was in the movie. But I'm not sure. It could be something else. It <laughs> could totally be. Maybe it was The Rock. I don't Sh know. Shogun? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. What was the movie where Tom Cruise had the little, like, uh, uh, hair hair ponytail the in the back? The Last Samurai? The Last Samurai, yeah. Filmed yes. in New Zealand? Yeah. That was from New Zealand. Oh, really? you better believe it. Now, see, I know, obviously, the uh, Lord <laughs> of the Rings movies were filmed in New Zealand, and they were beautifully done. So I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. I, I'm totally honest. I, I really am kind of fascinated by uh, the country and some of the music that comes out of there, and I'd love to go, but... I don't know if I could sit on the plane for that long. I really don't. Like I, I'm just a little claustrophobic. It's a journey, it's a, yeah. It's, it's, it's a long it's, ride. It's direct from from Houston too, and Dallas, but it's you know it's 15 hours or so. But it's that's worth a, it. That's when a you lot get of there. hours. That's a that's lot it of is. But you know ride. you can have a couple of couple of pops on the way. And okay, I'm you know, I'm down with that. You know, mm. and then you. Drift yeah. I mean, off for to sleep. 15 hours, you can start off good and toasty with the um, sleep it off yeah. and get go again. toasty again yeah, yeah. you could you could a breakfast version <laughs> i think i think that's absolutely something you can do uh by the way uh, a few cigars to watch for the room 101 daruma which has not been made for many years yeah, I remember is that one. back in production it'll be back into the market uh by next month it was first released in 2012 and previously made in honduras and distributed by davidoff of geneva it was an offshoot of the regular room 101 cigar uh, which at the time was owned by uh, Matt Booth, who's uh, one of Ian's biggest fans, or 
Yeah, he's one of your biggest fans. Matt Booth loves you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> after, hilarious. after those him. guys parted ways, uh, Daruma disappeared. But Room 101 took an unexpected turn last year when uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group uh, announced it had acquired mm-hmm. them. And they took on Booth as an employee to help with the cigar. So one of the things he's doing is bringing Daruma uh, back, he says the uh, return of Daruma is symbolic of the relationship between the uh, tobacco giant and Room 101 going forward. This is Matt Booth speaking. He said it represents the opportunity for Room 101 to spread its wings, which has always been our goal. And just as goals change and times change, Daruma has evolved. Daru- Daruma, and the reason this is you know pertinent because we're about to have the Japanese sake, uh, is named for the Japanese Daruma dolls, which symbolize good luck and resilience. In Zen culture, I think what exemplifies good taste in Zen culture is probably a really good sake. So uh, we're going to try one here now on the show. Now, I'm by no means well versed in sake, but I have really enjoyed some before, uh, primarily like when I'm eating sushi or or out having a really good Japanese meal of some sort. That's when sake seems most appropriate. But it's also also going to be really good just just all by itself. Uh, you know, like I, I said, I think I've only had sake like five or six times in my entire existence. I dated a girl once who was very much into sake, so had it, you know, on a few of those dates. But it was not a, uh, uh, not something I've I've gone out gone after regularly. So uh, we good one more. Okay, so this is going to be interesting. This was a so just by comparison, sake is uh, like wine in the sense that. We will want to drink this today. This won't be as yeah. Good, you have to finish it as good tomorrow. So or uh, like wine or like a liqueur almost. Right. Right. Yeah. right exactly. That you that, don't want to. You don't want to save it. You don't put the cap back on and then have it again next week. You know. Right. Uh, but that said, uh, this bottle cost me about thirty six dollars. So use that as your as your. It's, um, it's incredibly interesting on the nose. I don't know what it is, but it's interesting. Well, you're right. It's interesting. It's almost funky. It's got it's got a, like a weird stone fruit kind of thing uh-huh. going on on the nose. Um, I was about to say it reminds me of a, like a, a saison almost on the nose. See if it talks about the fragrant. It says profile is fragrant, crisp, and pure. Yeah. Almost get like a uh, like a apple ish. I totally got your stone fruit. By the way, that yeah. Once you said it, that yeah. immediately checked that box for my uh, for my uh, uh, brain, but. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. It's like it's like a higher percentage wine kind of thing. This is almost a champagne flavor in some ways. There's apple, yes. like apple pops out in my mm-hmm. and it's the it's the flavor I know. So if it's not apple, I don't know what it is. It's just as close to it. Um so it says uh Kanabara, Bride of the Fox, Saki, and then it says grade uh, Junmai Jinjo. I don't know what that means, and if I'm slaughtering it, you know, somebody uh Forgive me on that. Profile is fragrant, crisp, and pure. That's a lot of nothing to say right there. Mm-hmm, I gotta tell mm-hmm. you, like, what are some ambiguous words that we can put together? Uh, well, you could <laughs> always do uh, what they do at um, uh, at uh, Michelob Ultra, and uh, what do they say? It's only good if you enjoy it. What was that stupid <laughs> slogan? I'm, I'm gonna find out right now. It says uh, prefecture. It it. I don't know what prefecture is, but uh, it's only worth it if you enjoy. Yeah. it. That's the slogan, and then right? the rice. That's it. Yeah, Brutal. the rice that they use is the uh, Goyakuman Gankoyu. Yeah, that's the rice I thought. Goyakuman Gankoyu. Yes. 
Uh, I'm glad we got you here to confirm that, Brad. I appreciate <laughs> Thanks, that. Yeah, yeah, you, were, uh, you were about to say that. My Japanese like, heritage, I'm sure, is yeah. shining through. Yeah. Um, uh, Serve so, slightly chilled. So it's gluten free product and uh, produced and bottled by Japan. And some people drink uh, sake hot, by the way. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's a. Uh, uh, a very respected practice of hot sake. I'm more into cold drinks than I am into hot drinks, just in general. Mm. So I would I would go with the slightly chill. So there's a there's a chart on the back of this that has a, a sake bottle and it has the the thing that says okay if this sake bottle is all sake made, then this uh, Juman, Jumani uh, Jinjo is of the top two point six percent of uh, sake made. So this is mm. the higher quality apparently. Are you supposed right, to so- drink it? Like a wine, or I mean, the only times I've it, really seen it is 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 when you shoot it. Yeah, right? I, I don't know. I think you drink it like a wine, especially I don't know if, if we're doing it wrong or not. But it's it's well, here it's, me, you have been for a long time. <laughs> oh, I just you. I just uh, bumped it into the uh, microphone and poured it, so maybe that was the right. I got way you, to boo. Do it. Thank you. That's, that's both of you. Maybe now. that was the right way to do it. Uh, I don't know. Um, I was going to say, left there. I know. I must be coming. So it's it's interesting. I, sipping wise, it's got such an interesting profile. It's like a watered wine, but with more alcohol. Do you like it? What I don't. Is the I, I think in the right setting, I could. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm. I'm with something that I would reach for right now. Maybe I don't know. It's worth trying. I can, it, I can see what you said about sushi. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, sushi, if you, I can if you see put it. yourself in the sushi. In that kind of sharper yeah. uh, taste that, yeah. that, that sushi gives you with, with the rough fish and stuff, I could see where it would pair with this very nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the ginger and the wasabi and mm-hmm. the... Mm-hmm. And all those things. Well, right. these are all very or very of, uh, salty stuff. I could see going anything, almost anything very salty going with this. Doritos and sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe watching Empire of the Sun or or Shogun or one of those <laughs> might work as well. Some of those <laughs> salty. <laughs> the Last Samurai, as you said. Yeah, yes. one of those. You know, so there's an interesting everything, aftertaste. Every, everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched that yet. I, I need, haven't either. I need to I'm, put it on my list. I'm excited to see it because of all the attention it got and because I love Michelle Yeoh. I think she is so badass and awesome. <laughs> uh, so I'll watch anything It's such an in. interesting note on this. Let me a little more. It does not I'll, have. I'll try the, try the like, shooting Even though thing. it's made, you know, from rice, it doesn't have a. Yeah, uh, it, it isn't all ricey. It, it doesn't have a Bud Light aftertaste. That's right. It didn't go all Bud Light on us. So. And I'm saying this because I know you probably shouldn't. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad that one of us is uh, saying it and three <laughs> of us are thinking shouldn't. it. That one of us is free to say it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, so mm. no, it actually, so it's interesting. I kind of like the more I drink it, the more I like the aftertaste. And I was the more I want to have another sip. I was just about to say that. The aftertaste, to be honest, and first couple of times that I took it, a drink it was of a it was off-putting. a little off-putting. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. But I'm liking it better and better. The more I drink it. Now, that could be uh, because the alcohol content is high. I don't know. What is the alcohol content? Is it Seven, uh, 16.9. What it yeah. says right on the back. Uh, oh, yeah. 16 and a half. 16 and a half. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more like most wines are, what, 13 to 14, Yeah, I was going right? to say, it's about like a wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a little bit bigger. This is more like the beers that I like. Mm-hmm. So more like a barley wine. Um, makes me happy. <laughs> Every anything to do with barley wine seems to make you happy. I like barley wine. Yeah, you're the, you're the man. You know what I want for my wine. birthday? Barley wine. <laughs> you know, people. Oh no, no, not just a bottle. I want you to find a, a company that actually just make barley wine for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Just talk them into it. That's all you have to do. And send you in a card. I talked <clears> this brewery into doing a barley hint, wine. For hint you. four sixes. <laughs> you know, Some barley of us wine aren't as quick as others. Well, now, now let me <laughs> let me just say, in terms of throwing down the gauntlet here. That that barley wine is one of the more 
difficult styles of beer to brew. So all I'm saying is if your four sixes master brewer wants to show off mm. his skills right, right. in a way that, you know, really brings huge credibility to the beer to people who may be wondering, oh, is this just a publicity thing because mm. of four six? That'd be a great way to do it. Right. Yeah, that'd be a great way to like uh whoa, have you tasted their barley wine? Would be a great thing to ask somebody if they're asking you, is four sixes, is that for real or is it just, you know, uh, 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 I can see it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four sixes. We have to come up with a name for it. Mm. Maybe well, we, we got could this. do the rest. You, well, you that, just hang there. We got. Yeah. We're gonna Maybe we'll marketing do a, and sales all in one. <laughs> maybe we'll do a smoking and toasting collaboration barley wine with four sixes, and we'll get out there and promote it for you. How about that? We could do that. Hell, we're syndicated our slogan now. will be S&T Barley Wine. Yeah, we're syndicated now. Soon uh, I'll be trying to sell you all kinds of ridiculous crap with our logo on it. Now, now that you're syndicated, syndicated. Yeah. I'm assuming that you're going to somewhat take the show on the road, in which case we should we should do the next one from the brew pub in well, Fort Worth. Well, we, we absolutely love taking the show on the road for a couple of reasons. The primary one being because we can smoke cigars during the show when we're on right. the road. Right. Yes. Uh, but uh, but yes, we would love to come and do a show from uh, from the ranch, from the yeah. brewery, from from the brew pub, wherever the right. appropriate place is. We're we're down with that because if there's any chance that we might get to see Rip, my wife would like you know. Oh, love can you arrange forever. that? Yeah. Yeah. If there's any, <laughs> if you could cross pollinate there, that would be uh, that would be a thing. Ah, uh, well, let so, me... Saki, I think, Saki, yes. I think in the right setting... <laughs> we were talking about Saki, weren't we? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what that whole conversation reminded me of. Um, I think in the right setting. I think it's nice. It's pleasant. I don't think it's a go-to for me. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to grab it. I have to agree. I'm enjoying it. But, like, tomorrow, if I had another bottle of this and, let's say, you know, some rum or tequila or a six-pack of your... IPA, yeah, this is not the direction I'm yeah. likely to go. Although, if I came home with some sushi, mm -hmm. that might be the way to go. It's now, it's kind of pleasant. Which which brings now I'm going to have to ask you this question. It makes me want salty food though. Go ahead. You've walked through this door. Now I'm going to have to uh, ask. Uh, okay. Bring home sushi. Where's the best place? HEB. Dude, you were so right. 100%. You were so right. I've tried it from all kinds of places, including, and yes, I'm willing to admit this, gas stations. EGAD. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but HEB, in our in our city of Houston, probably true in all Texas cities, because HEB is uh, throughout Texas, uh, they've got the best to go If sushi. you're not familiar with the Herbert E. Butts grocery <laughs> store. Yeah, yeah. That is what HEB is. prevalent. Stands. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah their, their their grocery store sushi is the best sushi. And grocery always, store sushi. I always is. think that HEB, uh, which is a very beloved grocery store chain in in the uh, Texas areas, um, I always think that's just like the greatest lesson to teach your kids. Right, that you can do and become anything. This man became one of the most important men in the entire grocery store industry. And his last name was Butts. Like, it, it, you know, you know he was teased as a kid, right? If he, if he could do that and his name was Butts, then you can do it and your name is like, you know, Smith or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Toad Herbert E. Butts. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and 
the, the grocery store sushi is kind of its own echelon of sushi. Yes. Oh, it totally is. It's not as good as you know. Like, and, yeah, and there, and I've had restaurant sushi that's not as good as the grocery store sushi. I have as well. Although, but, although I don't go back to those places. Obviously, when you go out and you spend the money, and I will yeah. tell you the two best places I've had the best sushi in my life okay. are Vegas and Houston. Oh yeah. Um, and I have had more sushi sushi in more places than that, but those are the two best places I've ever had. Best sushi. place I've ever had sushi is actually Los Angeles, California. Is it? Yes, and uh, there was a uh, place called Sushi Nozawa. That was in another strip mall away from where it was a place like the locals knew about. But the chef, Nozawa, who has since retired and it doesn't exist anymore, um, he was basically like the soup Nazi on the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> if you didn't do things exactly right, if you didn't uh, ask for your, for your order, I'll have whatever the chef recommends, you would get thrown out of there. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was awesome. That's and it hilarious. was and it was legend in Los Angeles for years because of that. I remember telling uh, my friend Gwen Murphy about it, who was traveling uh, for her job at the time. And she wound up in Los Angeles. And I remember her texting me going, I'm in Sushi Nozawa. I just saw somebody get kicked out. It was like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. So uh, anyway, but I don't know how we got off on sushi. Well, it's because we're drinking sake. sake. This would be good with uh yeah, it's not my go-to. This is what I want to sit around and drink. But I think with the proper uh, with the proper food and sushi is the obvious choice. I think I think it'd be great. You're not going to serve it at your Super Bowl party next year, yeah. <laughs> which I didn't get an invite for this year, it's by the way. Sake I was rather Super Bowl does, doesn't have a Super Bowl vibe to it. Does it? It <laughs> is, however, Super Bowl. <laughs> it is, however, Bride of the Fox. So we need Bride to remember of the that. Fox. That's a pretty amazing name, right? Yeah, yeah. It kind of is. Uh, it kind of is. Well, uh, all right. I the, think the it's fox good. is the man. I think so. If he, you know, okay, so it's it's an older man marrying a younger woman. Is that the, guess, the, maybe. the bride of the fox? Yeah. An older woman would be a cougar. So mm, the bride yeah, of the cougar yeah, yeah. would be an alternative lifestyle the, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Too. <laughs> is that a thing? I'm not yeah, judging. Okay. It could totally be a thing. It could totally be a thing. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering how we got here. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not unhappy that we're here. I'm just wondering how we got here. Uh, we are smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars, and sometimes a whole bunch of other things. Uh, and we will uh, take a break here in just a moment. And we're, when we come back, we have drinking news, and we have more beer to try. You you saved your IPA for last, didn't you? It was a it was a strategic move. Yeah, well, uh, it was good for me because uh, that uh, I know you've I've, had it before. I've had it and it's wonderful. And we'll get into uh, talking about why it's wonderful uh, coming up in our next segment. It's smoking and toasting. Our program is number three hundred and twenty. That is almost exactly halfway to three thirty three. Which will do be the our math? It big works out. Anniversary show, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Smoking and Toast in our program uh, number three hundred and twenty today. We've done we've done three nineteen of these, and then today is number three hundred and twenty. That is a lot of beers, my friend. Man, that is. And you know what? I'm still not entirely sick of you. <laughs> That's a man. It's only because I show up with beer, <laughs> well, and we invite guests on who show up with beer. I mean, I, dude, I love that. Are we, are we, we going to do the simul crack again? We, you do the simul crack. We'll we'll uh, we're gonna let we're gonna let Cruz count us off. We'll pour this, and then we have to do drinking news. So uh, so let's get the simul crack ready. Three, two, one. Crack. That was good. I yeah. honestly think I heard one in one ear and one in the other. I don't know if that's, it was that's full two beers like right that. there. Uh, I love that. So, uh, so now we're going to be tasting the your IPA, which I uh, can already tell you I'm 
a big fan of. So I'm excited Likewise. about this. Yes, excited about this. And so you guys have three beers in your line right now. And uh, I, I'm sure, obviously, you're going to be uh, adding things. Any hints you can give us about what you might choose to add? You know, we thought about Barley that for wine. a while, and we, we <laughs> yeah, it's been received, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> message, message received. <laughs> no, uh, uh, but no, I mean, honestly, we think there's a lot of runway here in these three initially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we want to make sure we establish some sort of a at least base or platform. Well, I think it's smart. Instead of just having the one, you have uh, you have three, but you don't wind up in a situation where you're trying to get shelf space for like six different SKUs, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Well, as we uh, begin to taste this, Ian, I'm going to ask you to uh, pick up the uh, ukulele because it's time for the most popular segment <clears throat> on this program, and I'm excited to think we may have a lot of drinking news like first timers today. From the uh, from the syndication of the show, uh, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for a little something we like to call drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, "Uh, I had to take the gator to the vet." Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. And that totally worked, by the way. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right. Drinking News, remember, is our uh, segment of the show where we bring you a story that is sometimes about drinking. But uh, even when it's not, it's always a story that is best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And in today's Drinking News, we're going to focus on education. Specifically. We'd like to pass on some guidance that you might find helpful should you find yourself in an interesting drinking-fueled predicament. Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome you to another special edition of Drinking News, What Not to Do. Our educational story begins. The more you know. As so many of them do, with the story of a Florida man whose recent behavior at Walt Disney World's Epcot Center provides us with some guidance that we can offer. What not to do object lesson number one is to not get absolutely S-faced, which is the way we have to say it now that we're syndicated on radio, not to get absolutely S-faced. Is S-faced stand for sad? Kind of, sort of. Okay. Uh, not to get absolutely S-faced when you're taking in the wondrous sights, sounds, and attractions of Disney World. While it may have the one plus of making the whirling teacup ride actually a little bit interesting, you're very likely to uh, wind up giving all the other passengers on the ride a, a full view of the $20 hamburger you had for lunch while it's on its way back up out of your stomach and onto the floor of the teacup. But I digress. So, 30-year-old Chase Holderby of Florida's Merritt Island not only violated lesson number one, he also breezed right past what not to do lesson number 18, when you're already being observed by park security, try to keep from chugging two full beers in less than 30 seconds. Holderby not only did this, he then did something that, while not one of our object they lessons were per se. already watching this guy? Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're already on. The, they already got him on the radar. If right? it's already, already on the radar, they've already been alerted to his presence. He has no idea this is happening. So he's yeah. already exhibiting some erratic behaviors. Mm -hmm. 
And he not only did this, but he then did something that, while it's not one of our object lessons per se, we don't actually recommend because it's annoying as all hell. According to uh, police reports, and anytime there are police reports involved, you know this went further, right? According to police reports, he proceeded to offer handshakes and high fives to everyone in line <laughs> at one of the stands in Epcot. Friendly enough, but not necessarily recommended. I mean, he could just be a bro. What not to do lesson I've number seen that happen. Yeah, well, what not to do lesson number 33 is another one that Holder be violated, which is not to swear loudly at Disney World because of the extremely high chance that the audience within earshot is likely to be about 74% young kids. According to the report, Holderby didn't just offer friendly high fives and handshakes. He was also stumbling, being excessively loud, swearing, and appearing unsteady on his feet, the sheriff's report said. By now, park visitors were already starting to complain about his behavior. A Disney food and beverage manager photographed Holderby and alerted all food and beverage locations not to serve this man any more alcohol. <laughs> so, if they're sending your face around, if they've got your a photo of your face hanging up in their booth saying "Do not serve," you know you probably crossed the line uh, somewhere. What to, what not to do? Lesson number fifty-six, and it's a big one, is. When your friends around you are trying to calm you down and suggest you drink some water, and maybe even that it's time to go, do not ignore them. Holderby's buddies did just that. They tried to get him to head toward the uh, park exit, but in typical Florida fashion, the man didn't get very far. He argued with them loudly enough that deputies, who'd arrived on the scene by now, warned him to stop making disturbances. Now, lesson number 58 is also very important. When the police are willing to give you a warning Take it. Wow. After all that, they're yeah. like, look, buddy, it's a warning. Just, Holy cow. Just take the deal and live to fight another day. That's all I'm saying. By the time his friends got him past the Morocco Pavilion, Holderly was confronted by a Disney security manager who ordered him to leave the theme park. Holderby then violated what not to do lesson number 70 and stuck his finger in the Disney employee's chest and started causing a scene, swearing and yelling that he hadn't done anything wrong, according to the sheriff's report. I can't stress this enough. The finger in the chest is almost certainly a tipping point no, no. in any conversation. Yeah, yeah, once you've made it physical. Yeah, yeah. Which brings us to what not to do lesson number 91. There's something about having too much to drink that makes Florida man, and for that matter, men from a number of other states, Think that it might be helpful to resolve the situation if only you would remove your shirt. Ah, uh, yep. yes. Uh, that's, well, that, that be, I, I that's assume, why you see it on cops, right? Look, look, I assume they're always you're, shirtless. I have to assume that when you're in Florida, that removing your shirt allows the sweat to flow freely, makes you more slippery, everything slides a little bit better. Perhaps that's true. It greases the wheels, so to speak. <laughs> As did a I last, just say that? Yeah. Well, that's what Holderby did. As a last-ditch <laughs> attempt to obtain or, control. Or maybe of the, when the cops are trying to grab me, I can slip through <laughs> yeah, a little perhaps. easier. Well, in this case, as a last-ditch attempt to obtain control of the altercation, as authorities were trying to remove him from the park, Holderby flagrantly violated number 91 and peeled his shirt right off. As if there's no confrontation that can't be solved if only the police and others around you could just get a look at your man nipples. That would do it, right? Security still 
gave the Florida man the benefit of the doubt. If this he, is the nicest security it, detail right, I've ever well, heard. It's Walt of. Disney World, right? The mouse pays him to be nice, right? So, uh, so he, he, if he'd just gotten on the gondola. That would take him in one quick stop back to Disney's Caribbean Resort, where he was staying. As they were trying to get him to do, he could have slept it off, and embarrassment would have been his only penalty. <laughs> Alas, Holderby jumped back out of the gondola and began yelling insults at profanity at the cops, which, by the way, always works. And is a clear violation of Lesson 99, which is sometimes referred to as the gondola rule. Never get back out of the gondola and use extremely graphic language to illustrate your feelings about the boys in blue. Holderby was arrested for trespassing and disorderly conduct and was taken to jail. Reporting live from the gondola at Disney's Epcot Center, where at least Holderby didn't violate what not to do rule number 101, which is do not take a dump in any gondola or ride car. But apparently some little kid just did, so my name is Cruz and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Can <laughs> anyone explain to me why that's become the most popular segment on the show? It's the song. Ukulele. I, I think it is. Ukulele. Yeah. You're right. It's the ukulele. Thank you. You cleared that up for me, and I appreciate it. <laughs> In one word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so this IPA from Four Sixes. It's called Hazy Session IPA. So does that mean it's a fairly low ABV? Oh, it's 4.8. Yeah, deliberate as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, we felt that, uh, you know, the IPA movement of 8 to 12 to 38 to mm -hmm, 96%, mm -hmm. <laughs> those days are, are becoming long in the past. And then yeah. IPAs oh, are, are becoming increasingly enjoyed by the masses. Right. Um, That's very true. It is often the first place that people go when they make the jump from... Um, you know, macro beer to uh, to uh, microbrews. Right. And so, you know, we redesigned ours, you know, for that reason of, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a session IPA, right? So it's, it, you know, the, the, the idea is that, you know, there's, there's rebuys involved uh, and it's right. not, you know, the majority of those, those that are eight to 10 to 12%, really it's difficult. You know, even myself, <clears throat> I find it really difficult to drink, more than three quarters of a pint, right? Sure, sure. and certainly I don't, don't want pint I don't number two from that. The end of the And what we wanted to create was something that at least was you know just as enjoyable, but it didn't have that heavier feel to it. And well, to me, I that's find I find by the second hundred and twenty minute IPA, <laughs> yeah, that I start to get a little bit of a cloying <laughs> taste. Yeah, yeah, it can happen. It can happen. Like so, a diet. <laughs> to me, though, this would stand right up next to get. Uh, next to and against a Founders All Day IPA, which yeah. is kind of the standard bearer as far as I'm concerned in that category. But this is every bit as good. In fact, this is going uh, straight towards that uh, art car, like our local here in uh, Houston is uh, art car from right. St. Arnold's going yeah. straight towards that same market okay. there, too. But it, it totally has a, uh, a, a bit more haziness to it than the All Day IPA from Founders. Uh, and that's... Uh, that's something I, I really like the hazy styles personally. That's just hazies and the juicies. I just love the flavor profiles of those. And that's becoming 
I think one of the things that is keeping IPA sort of at the forefront of the craft beer right. movement is that it's not just the IPAs that they were making 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's uh, this whole hazy and juicy uh, trend has evolved towards a lot of different flavors, a lot of different tastes that have that have uh, captivated, I think, uh, quite a few people. But this is very, very good. And I remember how much we loved this when you bought it for us out uh, when we were live out. At, the, uh, at Shady, Shady, Shady Acres. Acres. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I always think Shady Acres sounds more like a rest home than a, uh, than a I bar. Think that area, I think that area of the Heights great was place actually it is too. called yeah. Shady Acres. I, yeah, think I think it may be. It may be. Is that, like, is that like a cemetery in the area? Shady Acres? Does that sound like <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I love that place. It's a, yeah, and, it's a great uh, place. And they, uh, we, they were kind enough to let us come out there and smoke cigars. So we had originally uh, planned to have a guest for that show. And we got a cancellation from the guest. But we'd already booked the location. So we said, you know, let's just go out on our let's own. And we'll we'll smoke, uh, we'll smoke, and we'll maybe go back when the when the guests can reschedule. And as it turned out, uh, we ran into Blair there, who was uh, working with Four Sixes. So that was a that was a good timely thing perfect. because we loved uh, being able to make sure that we got you back on the show. And by the way, you know, you're also invited to our big anniversary show, which is the 333rd show. I'll be here. Where we'll be, uh, yeah. So yeah. I can I can I can bring some some. Um refreshments if required yeah, I, that's that we we invite everybody to you don't have to but we invite everybody to bring their best and show it off and we kind of trade it around the table because we've invited everyone who's ever been a guest on smoking and toasted now obviously not everyone will be able to make it also Wiki but i'm guessing Brian we'll have a lot of people and on stark are invited 100 they are absolutely because they're probably the biggest fans of the show like of all time love it so uh yeah so and josh Either of them would be, or all three of them would be invited. That would, that would be working for me. Um, Ian, you like this IPA. I, I do. I'm always in in some cases more interested in whether you like an IPA than whether I like it because I'm more predisposed to like it. Uh, but you're you're a little pickier when it comes to IPAs. I, and, and IPAs I, are just I, IPAs are so ubiquitous. And I, and let me be honest, my beer um, journey. And to craft beer, I, I did a lot of IPAs. IPAs were some of the first, like, so far out there style, mm -hmm. so different than everything else that was out there that, of course, I, uh, I immediately went to it. But um, over the years, I was like, okay, uh, then we had the whole how much hops can we put into an IPA right. um Phase. Wars, <laughs> right? Yeah. right. Well, exactly. Yeah. And only a few companies, right. and only a few companies could do it really well. I mean, Stone. a lot of companies could do it, but a lot of companies couldn't do it well. And and I like the ones that do. It. And so I, I'm picky about IPAs because it's just it's it's the one I go for last nowadays. I'm going to look for a porter. I'm going to look for a um, an English style ale. I'm going to look for a brown ale. I'm going to look for a barley wine, maybe. Um. But uh, IPAs are one of the last things I look for, and every once in a while I am in a mood for it. This is a great IPA. There's yeah. nothing wrong with this. This is balanced. It's good. Uh, it, it's it leaves your uh, it leaves your palate a little bitter, but in a good way, making you want another sip. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, like that kind of thing. Is it? It's fantastic. I mentioned Stone um, Brewery because they were one of the ones that always did such a great job with these bigger IPAs of making them. Yeah, uh, of making them. Stone, of course, was recently sold. And so they're so now sad. they're now under a corporate banner, and I'm very curious about how it will impact the quality of their beer going forward. It may not impact it at all. One can only hope. But I'll just say, this very week, 
I tried uh, a new beer from Carbach, one of the breweries right here in our uh, Houston area that had been sold to AB back when AB did the big acquisition. And I tried their Clutch City. Uh, it was uh, kind of a Houston Rockets themed because now they've got AB money to go after all these different uh, big style partnerships, right? So I tried it. I was really excited about it. And you know what? It was fine. It wasn't great. It was just okay. Yeah. And that's kind of what such is the story. Corporate beer has kind of come to symbolize to me. It's like it's like they they bought these amazing I mean, for God's sake, they bought wicked weed when they went through all of this. That is a brewery that was known for being weird and crazy and out there. But here's the deal. They don't always do it immediately. Right. Like they let Carbuck come up with interesting stuff for a little while. Yeah. They've just been phasing it out ever since. And that's happening with, <laughs> so. with everybody, you know? Well, this is why we're really happy that Taylor Sheridan has money. We because he won't need to sell Four Sixes Brewery to uh, uh, to uh, one of the big brew companies and water down your hazy session IPA. Uh, that's right. great. So, all right, we'll be back to wrap things up. This is Smoking and Toasting, our show number 320. Our guest, Blair Horler from Four Sixes, The Ranch and The Brewery and The Beer, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. <laughs> it's it's smoking and toasted. We love this beer so much that we like we're asking for refills during the break. And uh, being please, sir, being the can awesome, I have some more? being the awesome uh, kiwi that he is, Blair uh, took care of us and opened up more beers. <laughs> is is uh, kiwi offensive? No, heck no. Yeah, no, it's usually the Aussies that uh, are offensive because it's preluded by a word that. Uh, Really can't be spoken. Uh, so it's something, something kiwi. Something oh, kiwi. you're a something kiwi. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but it's not derogatory from na- the, our neighbors to the it's west. It's not derogatory Flowering in kiwi? and of itself, right? No, no, it's yeah. it's more of a See, compliment. I, I love the progression of a words, blooming right? kiwi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. A bleeding <laughs> no, kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the progression of words, though. Uh, how words become the correct thing to say about a particular group of people. And then over time, people who are hateful toward that group will use that word in a derogatory way, mm-hmm. and eventually the word becomes like derogatory. No good. Then, yeah. Like for example, uh, so let's use this word, retarded, mm-hmm. right? So there was a time when it was not derogatory to describe someone who had what we would now say like special learning needs, disability, learning yeah, disability, yeah. right? You would call them retarded. Retarded simply meant that their growth or their development had been. In the classic sense of the word, retarded, right? So, I, I teach music. Yeah, I tell kids that there's a retard at the end of the piece. Well, there you go. Yeah, and they, they look at me laugh. like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, no, it means to slow down. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. And and the technical definition of that word is like slowing down your growth or development, whether mentally or physically. And and so that's how the word was used. There was nothing about it that was derogatory. But over time, people used it in a derogatory way, right? They would say somebody was retarded. Oh, you're retarded or what a retard. And then it became, so then it became unacceptable to use that word to describe someone who has a learning disability. Then you would call them, you know, a, a impaired so well isn't that just as bad at the root definition right it's it's but this is how things work things are okay until they're used for long enough in a derogatory way that they then become synonymous with the derogatory and we have to move on to another word what i'm saying is all you haters stop using up all our words 
That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I think it's a lo- it's a long time before Kiwi is going to be derogatory. Okay, good. I <laughs> it's hope definitely so. a sense of pride to uh, be okay, called a good, Kiwi. Good. Yeah, no, no, I, I hope so. I love it. I love it. Um, the beer is really good. All three of the beers are really good. I'm absolutely in love with your hazy session idea. I'm totally is, about the amber. The hazy is nice. The yeah, amber is This is going to be a, uh, a regular in my beer fridge. So, um, And that's a common um, consensus, by the way, is, yeah. you know, when we, you know, and before we – we launched, you know, we, of course, got expert opinions, if you will, across distributors in Texas. And, I don't remember and, getting that email. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, you know, we, we would always you know, ask my, across the room what... Well, my dad told me when I was a kid growing up, is he said, never worry about being an expert, he says, because an X is a has-been and a spurt is a squirt under pressure. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so there you go. I'm sorry. I no, interrupted no. you, Blair. You no. were doing a fine job. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, it, as I said, you know, we would get, you know, 40, 60, 80 people in a room and, and at the end of the tasting, we'd, 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 you know, ask them, well, which, you know, which is your favorite? And it would, it would be roughly a third, a third, a third. That would. That's so cool. And you mentioned yeah. that your sales are kind yeah. of the same way, yeah, right? Which was, it's, it's really bizarre and, and something we're thrilled about. And honestly, I'm not a big IPA guy. Yeah, and uh, but and, you do but like your. I uh, think that yeah. of of the things that we have, that's that's my favorite, and um, that's so cool. And and that's what I love about it. And it's funny whenever I've pitched to some people who have said, "No, no, I like your pilsner, and I like your amber, but stop, I'm not an IPA guy." I've I've always said, "I wasn't either." Please, you know, have please some. try it. Yeah. And they've and they've really reacted in a positive way. So. And I'll and I'll give you the other side of the coin, which is I am an IPA guy, and I like. A lot of the uh, a lot of the kinds of IPAs that Ian would say not for him. I still I, I really like, but this uh, as an IPA guy, I can tell you, I'm really nuts about too. So you you good. get it from kind of both sides of that uh, of that coin, good. Which is a, which is a pretty good thing for sure. So anything you can tell us about what happens next in Yellowstone? I know you can't. I just had to ask. Yeah, I've got a couple of spoilers, but I probably shouldn't <laughs> put them on. Um, we're just excited about the Four Sixes show that's yeah. coming eventually. Of course, there's rumors out there of who's going to be the lead for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's a Texan, as you as you we've know, heard, went to UT. And, heard, uh, yeah, yeah, that's him. Uh, Eminem, yeah. Eminem, is it? Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Eminem. That's right. Love, uh, love me some McConaughey, though. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We don't really get um, too much, uh, you know, ahead of uh, everybody else in terms of um, what's coming down the pipeline. We just get told that it's coming, and and of course, you can see in Yellowstone this season that it's slowly starting to go back mm-hmm. to Texas, and mm-hmm. perhaps that's where they're. Uh, going to send Rip and and others. Um, of course, we're all hoping that because of the monstrous star that that Rip and Beth and yeah and those guys have absolutely. become. And yeah. uh, and of course, to be filmed at Four Sixes is incredible. But wow. we're just thrilled to be a part of it and and um, and know that our beers are going to be on the show and, and, and enjoyed say, by by many. And Ian and I are just happy that you brought beer, so uh, it yeah. all worked out really, <laughs> really well. well. Uh, Brett Orler th- uh, with uh, Four Sixes, thank you so much for being here. We my enjoy pleasure. hanging out with you and drinking beer with you. And uh, Ian, it's been good to see you, my friend. I hope you are uh, doing well, and I offer you and everyone else a goodbye toast. Have a great week, my friends. We'll see you next time. Cheers, and, y'all. Uh, cheers, y'all. Thank you. <laughs>